Hi, welcome to Something to Wear, a podcast about clothes, personal style, nostalgia, and fabric. We're your hosts, Alice and Wendy, two people who love clothes so much that we're recording from a closet. Let's get started. Welcome and greetings and salutations on this rainy day, dear listeners. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast ever. So, Wendy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the podcast is about? Thanks, Alice. Yeah, this podcast came about because we are two very good friends who love talking about what we're wearing, but also the why of what we're wearing. And we're fashion enthusiasts. You know, we look at the trend cycles and do the shopping and all the things. And there are plenty of podcasts that speak to the trend cycles and the shopping and the things. But realistically, it doesn't speak to what I want to talk about. And I think what you want to talk about, which is, you know, what goes into putting an outfit together. Why do some things exist in your closet for so long? Why are you buying all of the same, you know, like what does your uniform look like? Right. What are you trying to say about yourself with the clothes that you put on your body? And what are you, what do you want other people to see and take out of that? What do you want to take out of mm-hmm. that personally? Um, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and while I feel like there are amazing podcasts right now about, you know, the fashion industry as a whole, uh, you know, different types of fashion companies and different types of clothing production and fashion history types of topics. There aren't a lot about just regular people putting on clothes. And so, you know, like, best case scenario, this is useful to somebody else. Worst case scenario, oh no, Alice, we just have like a wonderful archive of us talking about the clothing that we have in love. Yeah, and we have a lot of stylish friends who have different takes on personal style. So we sort of, at some point, we'll want to maybe interview them and talk to them, sort of fold them into our archive um, and learn more about what makes our, our friends' sort of outfit brains tick. Yeah, our friends are so fashionable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, there's a big difference between fashionable as in, like, following the trends and buying the right clothes to put on your body at the right time. Being fashionable in a sense where you can put a bunch of things together because you understand how fit is affecting what you're putting together and what you're trying to say. Yeah, I think it's, there's a difference between style and fashion. Yes. Um, and personally, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in fashion but I'm especially interested in style. How does the same person wear the same thing differently from each other and and why? Yeah, and I'd, I'd say I'm really interested in fit and I'm really interested in texture and how those things come together to create mm. outfits and how you can have different fits and different textures of the same item of clothing and it totally changes the outfit. Mm-hmm. That's always been mm-hmm. really interesting to me. So why would you say we're doing this? I guess we've already sort of talked about we some of that. We kind of covered why. Yeah. Um, because... A, it's fun, and <laughs> B, there's a a niche that I'm always looking for and, and doesn't seem to be filled. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's the why. Yeah, so so maybe then, you know, who are we and why does anyone have to care what we have to say? Right, well, nobody has to care. You don't have to care. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but we, we can cover who we are. Yeah, so just like a little background, I guess. I'm Alice. I love clothes. I don't remember a time when I didn't love clothes. When I was a kid, I would... I had this book. I called it my book of girls. And it was just, it was just, it was just outfits. I just drew girls wearing different outfits. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I've always loved clothes. I still love clothes. I was a theater major in college with a concentration in costume design. I make my own clothes sometimes. I'm interested in sewing and knitting and 
design design more than the actual <laughs> the actual process of sewing and knitting. I just love to think about clothes and wear clothes and talk about clothes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Wendy? Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned the book of girls because I <laughs> um, my mom taught me when I was growing up. I had paper dolls, you know. Yes. Oh, and I gosh. used to, you used to hold them in the window and you draw new outfits for oh, them. Oh, I, I, and I would make matching ones for yeah. all my paper dolls so that they could all be Marie Antoinette exactly. ball ladies. <laughs> yes, no, like my, I had a bunch of different ones. And so, you know, I was always dreaming up new fabulous outfits. I, I got, I, I've always cared about clothing. It's interesting because I feel like I haven't always been able to talk about how much I care about clothing uh, just because some of the language is felt inaccessible to me. So you could almost chart a lot of my like life decisions around the, the ability to articulate the why. So um, I have a design degree and I'm a designer professionally, uh, you know, a visual designer, but also UX designer. And in my spare time, I draw a lot and I create um, textile works. I, I embroider, I knit. I was teaching myself to crochet for a while, but that sort of fizzled. But I've, I've also been, you know, sewing on and off my whole life. And it's such a fun way to express yourself. And it's a really fun way to, you know, meet other people who like to make stuff and express themselves and explain who they are through choices. Because it's always, you know, it's always interesting to me what you have to say when you're not saying it out loud. When it's just something that's just about you. Because... Mm -hmm. I don't actually know that that sentence makes sense, but it's, you know, you're saying you're saying something about who you are without necessarily having to predicate it on words or explain things about your past because you're already showing so much about who you are through what yeah. you're wearing. And there's a shared, it's a language, right? There's like a shared language that you're participating in that you can also get wrong mm -hmm. if you don't share it. It might mean different things to different people, which is always interesting. Yeah. What does it mean? you versus what does it mean to me and, and yeah and, and how does the uniform change depending on what environment you're trying to you know communicate in yes exactly which I've you know I've lived in like five different places in my life and the uniform was very different in all of those places they were also very different you know through the, the decades of living in those places right, but so it's <laughs> so you know just always sort of trying to craft that language through clothes has been something that I would say I am quite obsessive about whether or not I get it right is a is a different story, but I'd say I think about it all the time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I feel like I grew up in a really rural area and I didn't go to school until high school. So I didn't have a lot of practice in that regard. Um, to me, I saw clothes in books and I saw clothes on my paper dolls and I saw clothes in my imagination, but I was rel like I just didn't have that many people around me. I didn't see a lot of clothes in real life. <laughs> which led to some fun and adventurous choices as I sort of learned what the language is and how you can use clothes mm -hmm. to make people think things about you. Yeah, no, definitely. I went to a really small school and my parents are older and I grew up, I think, realizing that some of the outfits that they thought were cool were not necessarily the outfits that my peers thought were cool. And that was interesting because I do, I actually think that my parents, my, my dad in particular has really good taste. So it was, you know, growing up, it was always like, how do I take my dad's taste, which is amazing and turn it into something that's like wearable for me as a 15 year old. And now <laughs> like, I feel like I'm still doing that, um, you know, as a, as a 30 year old, because, you know, Miami doesn't necessarily fit into Boston in terms of aesthetic all the time. Right. I mean, if you're in Boston dressing like you're in Miami. You perhaps. simply can't wear linen year-round. 
But, no. <laughs> no. But you can wear linen right now. It's becoming spring again. It is becoming spring again. It's important in the summer, but um, it's, it's cold in the winter. I definitely would say that I did the same thing with my mom, who is very stylish. My mom has always been very stylish. I think at the time, in the early 2000s, um, she was wearing a lot of vintage, she was wearing a lot of big brooches, a lot of A-line skirts. It appealed to me, but it was certainly just not like exactly what was being worn by my peers, for sure. Right. <laughs> so there was a lot of influence there, which I think I wore some really cool outfits that my mom helped me with. And I still wish that I had some of the components of those outfits, even if it didn't necessarily make me fit in. But my mom has always been a big style inspiration for me. I still, especially in the fall, dress a lot like my mom with long wool skirts and tall boots, long coats and scarves and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think adolescence is such an incubator for personal style because you're already doing so many other things of trying to translate what's going on for you inside and what's going on for you with your family and sort of being in the world with it and like conscious of the fact that you're in the world with it and you've been in the world with it. And as that's turning on, you're sort of realizing that like you have a blunt instrument. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> you haven't quite put enough things together um, in the same way that when you're first starting to like create work or create artwork, like your taste is so much farther ahead than your ability to communicate it directly. And so your first forays into the world of getting dressed, much like your first forays into the world of art making, are very broad, blunt, quick strokes. Speaking directly for me, like, <laughs> I was dealing a lot with, you know, my dad has a lot of like really strong style opinions and the early 2000s could not have been less aligned with those <laughs> style opinions. So how do you take those two things and then how do I also figure out who I am in that? And, and come out with an outfit. Not only, you know, in high school, your amygdala is so swollen that we like remember so much from that period of time and it's really emotional. There's a lot of nostalgia. But when I talk to people like, oh, I'm making a style podcast and oh, we want to talk about, like we were thinking about talking about our high school outfits. That's always a 20 minute side conversation with that person. Oh yeah. Well, I also think that unless you went to a school with a uniform, um, high school was really a time when you could kind of wear whatever, mm -hmm. like, I mean, every high school has a dress code and most of them are dumb. Maybe don't wear your Lamb of God shirt <laughs> or a shirt with swear words on it. You, you know, know, swear yeah. words. Uh, and some of them are stupid, like no hats or no spaghetti straps. Within, like outside of those sort of like general rules, there's a lot more freedom to wear what you want because you're not really being judged professionally. You maybe you want to fit in with your peers, perhaps, or you want to stand out from your peers. But because your school is like your social outlet, like that choice to fit in or stand out is a choice that you can make for yourself in a way that in the professional world, yeah, standing out is a lot more problematic than in high school, I think. In a lot of like corporate environments and like employment environments, you know, the, the job is for you to be part of the well-oiled machine that is the company that you work for. So, right. you you know, if you're doing it well, quote unquote, you look nice, you're representing the company well, but you're not, it's so much more about fitting in than it is about standing out. And I think, you know, when you're first putting those outfits together in high school and college, especially, but also like as you're coming into your own sort of style language, like 
you're really trying to figure out how you want to differentiate yourself from everybody else. Right. It's more individualistic yeah. than adult dressing. And I think it's less, for the most part, it's less hampered by practicality. I yes. know that, like, when I was in high school, I had to get to the school and mm -hmm. I had to get home from the school. But within the school, mostly I was just sitting in a desk. So you can kind of wear anything as long as you can sit in a desk in it, um, which is just about anything. Um, it's true. And you're not really walking that far. So your footwear can be much more ridiculous. You ride a bus, then you get back on the bus and you go home. Um, I did ride a lot of bikes, but I would ride my bike in my skirt and heels. No problem. My billowing, my billowing <laughs> duster floating in the wind behind me. You're taking more risks and you're buying cheaper items while you take those risks, usually, generally, earlier on. And, you know, that earlier on is like a teen, but also earlier on, I think, as you're finding your personal style more. Like, I was yeah. definitely burning through very cheap pairs of shoes because I couldn't. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be in the moment, but I, I wasn't sure. And shoes are very expensive. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of mentors, a lot of a lot of style mentors and like aunt figures who would just bestow clothes upon me like mm. every few months. They'd be like, "Oh, here you go. <laughs> have have twenty more vintage dresses." That's and amazing. It was so fun. I'm so sad that I don't have most of those things. Although it's good because most of them I wouldn't fit into anymore, and it would merely make me sadder. Yeah, I've had I've had a couple good style mentors through the years who have given me beautiful things, but none of that happened in adolescence. I was really, the only people who cared about clothes were me and my dad. <laughs> and I wasn't close enough with anybody in high school that cared about clothes. You mean your father wasn't bestowing vintage dresses upon you every few months? I mean, my father was bestowing vintage fringe jackets on me that fit me now as an adult. They definitely didn't fit me as a child. <laughs> I mean, I think they do fit you now as an adult, but they're not. They're not fitted now, no. as an adult, they're still pretty large. I'm imagining if you were, like, four inches shorter. Yeah, and he was constantly like, oh, you can get them tailored. You can, you know, we'll just tailor it. And I'm like, that's not... <laughs> Most tailors, first of all, don't really take leather. Like, it takes a lot... It, it's it, it's much costlier to find someone who will, like, tailor your nice leather jacket for you also, than it is to tailor a pair of trousers. Like, what 15-year-old is going to take their stuff to the tailor? Right. <laughs> I guess, would it make sense to talk about what we're wearing right now. Oh, yes. To sort of pull it back from the 20-minute side conversation um, <laughs> that talking about high school fashion could become. Someday someday we'll do a podcast, an episode where we only dive into high school fashion. And Maybe I think, a series. And I think we really should. But the, I mean, the nostalgia element is part of our banner here, what we're trying to do. And also, I feel so strongly, which is why it probably should be a spinoff series, that like high school fashion is so cemented in who we ultimately become style-wise too and, and we were just talking about who we were in the podcast in the first episode so it makes total sense that we would have like landed there for a little while oh absolutely yeah and i have so many things to say about the things i wore in high school i feel that in many ways i've become more stylish but in many ways i've become less stylish and i've certainly become a lot less brave mm -hmm. um so some of my best outfits were best in terms of like objectively most interesting outfits were in high school and college, obviously. College being sort of like high school part two. <laughs> I'd say, I think my, my fashion sense is skewed. It's less about bravery and it's more about practicality because mm -hmm. the outfits yeah. I'm in now truly have to last day to night. 
um, for the most part, because my schedule is so packed usually. It's hard because, you know, the day outfit has to work with the night outfit. And so sometimes I usually feel like I'm failing one time of day. Yes. Which is a lot of sense. I mean, you could also say a lot about how I'm framing that, but. (laughs) Failing it, Wendy. You're failing. (laughs) Um, Let's say it again for the people in the back. It's Wendy, you're failing personal style. Because there's, I mean, I have an every man in my head, when I get anxious about this, I have an every man in my head who always looks put together every time of every day, and they're wearing one outfit, and that person simultaneously is wearing heels and flats. And just. And a blazer, but also not a blazer. But yeah. the opposite of a blazer. But, me, but that person, <laughs> that person's probably wearing a leather jacket. But what is that person wearing today? What are we wearing today? Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what an excellent segue. What are we wearing today? Do you want to start? I think you should start. Okay. I am wearing, actually, an outfit that is pretty much entirely self-made, which is pretty fun. I'm wearing a blue sort of chambray, like gray, blue uh, dress that I finished yesterday. It has a boat neck and little cap sleeves and a pleated skirt. If you were in the indie pattern world in 2013 to 2017, 18, this is the By Hand London Anna, but I have subbed out a pleated skirt for the A-line skirt. And then over that, I'm wearing a sweater that I knit recently, my first ever sweater. It's the Felix sweater on Ravelry. It's a little raglan pullover. It's cropped waistline, a little bit oversized, a little bit boxy, some little like eyelet details at the shoulders, and it's in sort of like a warm light brown. And then I'm wearing brown tights, dark brown tights, um, because it's not spring yet. (laughs) And I am wearing in my hair, I'm wearing a silk ribbon that was dyed with alder, alder bark, I believe. I did not personally dye it. It was a gift to me. And what about you, Wendy? What are you wearing? Well, I just, before we get into me, I'd want to say that the pleats, like the swapping out of the pleats for the A-line, amazing idea because the, like, I think it's still keeping the A-line shape, but it adds a really nice detail to the waist of the garment. And I wanted something a little more breezy. This is going to be ultimately a summer dress. So it's midi. It's like sort of a mid-calf length. Um, And I feel like having a slightly fuller, longer skirt in the summer is nice Mm -hmm. to keep the breeze circulating around your legs. Um, you look like you're going to go get some blackberries from a bush. I'd love to. <laughs> Which is very, I mean, like, we, we wanted to dress really core to who we are, and I, I feel like you're very core to who you are today. Thank you. Thank you. And I was actually going to wear pants because I wear pants a lot, um, but I had to try this dress on because I finished it yesterday, and I didn't try it on yesterday. And then once I put it on, I felt so good about it that I just That's didn't want to take it off. <laughs> and is that, the fabric itself, is that a Swiss dot? Uh, no, it's not a Swiss dot. A Swiss dot would be raised. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have little dots, uh, dear dear listeners, um, but they're more like they're like woven in dots. Cute. Um, it's very cute. They're quite close together. It's like a chambray almost. It is. It. I think it is a chambray. I got it from Gather Here. I was initially going to make a shirt for Ryan, my fiance, out of it, uh, but that was like two years, two, three, four years ago, and I haven't made a shirt for him out of it yet. So. I appropriated it for myself. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I gotta. 
And what about you? What are you wearing today, Wendy? Yeah, sure. So <laughs> I feel like I'm on the total opposite end of the spectrum, both both in like overall like silhouette presentation and, uh, you know, like style presentation, which is one of the fun things about this podcast is I, Alice and I both have like very distinct personal styles. So I am wearing a pair of, you know, dark wash blue jeans and a, a waffle knit orange uh, raglan sleeve shirt, both of which I got from The Gap. Over that, I have a wool shirt with a southwestern motif that's in sort of mostly like blues and oranges and yellows but feels emotionally a little bit rainbow and and sort of gray and that is from Pendleton. What does it say about me that I love brands but I do I do truly love brands dear reader so on my hat I also have I'm wearing a Sonic the Hedgehog rowing blazers collaboration and it really ties into my like the childhood nostalgia that we were just talking about. The Pendleton shirt has really nice shoulders, which I feel like create a good um, sort of boxy silhouette. I, I very much prefer boxy silhouette. And on my hands, I have a lot of silver rings because I love uh, wearing silver jewelry. I almost always have something silver on me. I, I'm, I'm wearing a silver necklace and I have silver hoop earrings too. And I get most of my jewelry secondhand from a little thrift store called Vivant Vintage in Boston. And they are one of my favorite. Yeah, they're one of my favorite places for silver jewelry pieces by far. And also other pieces, but mostly, (laughs) mostly the silver. So that's sort of what, you know, what I'm wearing. And I I guess sort of how I fit it into the weather that we're experiencing today. And I'm hoping that the weather gets nicer soon. I mean, Alice, is there anything you're looking forward to wearing as it warms up? Normally, I don't really like to keep my closet separate, but I did this winter put away some summer clothes. We're actually recording in a closet right now. And so on the in the tubs behind me are <laughs> a few of my <laughs> spring and summer clothes. Yeah, so I feel like my sort of standard summer uniform is high-waisted denim shorts and a like a button-up top. Mm-hmm. I have a couple little sundresses from Old Navy. My beloved old navy sundress cut which has been recently retired i believe i did not see it on the website this summer but i have one in black and one in blue and they're floral prints summer is a little summer's a little tricky just because once it's fun at first but then once you get sweaty enough and it gets hot enough and you're tired of wearing the same three clothes but you can't mix them up with accessories or layering and it doesn't matter how many clothes you buy you're still going to be sweaty. You're still going to be sweaty. No matter how new the outfit, it's still going to be a sweaty it's outfit. It's still going to be a sweaty outfit, yeah. So I'm really, I'm like quite looking forward to spring, you know, where it's maybe like 10 to 15 degrees warmer than it is right now. And we can walk around and mm-hmm. things like this dress I made. Um, I can pull out my little sundresses. Something I like to do is sundress with like a button-up, but then I tie the button up at the waist mm-hmm. so it looks like I'm wearing a skirt and and a tied shirt. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe in light jacket superiority, and uh-huh. so I have many light jackets that I, you know, during like the one-week window we'll have for the Boston spring. I'm going to somehow wear 20 jackets. 20 light jackets, yeah. yeah. Whereas I have basically zero light jackets. I only have, we're in my again we're in my closet so I'm looking at my jackets right now I only have warm jackets like wool heavy jackets autumnal like blazers I don't really have a spring jacket that's actually something I would really like I want a little like a cropped little boxy quilted jacket with big pockets and I want it to be 
made of liberty or some fabric that looks oh, like liberty yes. but i do not want to pay 40 dollars a yard no. to buy liberty to make my cropped jacket maybe you can buy secondhand liberty and cut it up or something <sighs> that's a it hadn't occurred to me to buy liberty on ebay ebay is <laughs> my second hobby um <laughs> it, and it's great you can find anything you want uh, you were talking about spring and fall jackets mm -hmm. what to you is the difference between a fall jacket or a spring jacket because I was ruminating on this when I grabbed the shirt that I'm wearing today because traditionally all of my like southwestern prints for some reason I give myself more permission to wear them in the fall it's harder for me to realize that they can be like three season items mm -hmm. and I know that like spring sometimes it's with color but I also prefer darker colors so I just I really struggle because I feel like I'm dressed for the fall all the time you know maybe that's fine but does it I don't know I, I shouldn't have to buy a fluorescent pantsuit for it to be spring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was also thinking about this yesterday when I was getting dressed because yesterday I had a whole long day where I was out of the house. So I was kind of like, I need to find an outfit that fits. But so I was thinking a lot about like, why is it easier to transition into fall from summer dressing into fall dressing than from winter dressing into spring dressing? Mm. And I think it probably depends a little bit on your personal tastes like I am really drawn to tweeds and autumn colors and like sort of layering but I also think that maybe the layering is actually part of it because it's summer and you're dressing for fall you get to break out more clothes and you get to put more clothes on top mm -hmm. whereas when it's spring you're actually trying to figure out how to make new exciting outfits with fewer clothes you're taking away because the bulky winter items are starting to go into storage yes. I actually I mean I also feel this way when I'm going through I just feel like I couldn't possibly have more clothes than I do right now and yet somehow I, I, I have you know that adage of nothing to wear but it's it's because I've been staring at truly everything I own <laughs> and some of it needs to go away I need to make an edit and that it's it's so much more comfortable to bring out things for the fall and winter and go, oh, yes, and I have this now, too. I have so many other things now. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like it's easier to get excited about throwing on a tweed blazer than not wearing your tweed blazer but needing to find a long sleeve shirt because mm -hmm. you're still going to be kind of cold. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is a fault of my wardrobe. To be perfectly honest, I used to live in the Pacific Northwest where it kind of never got hot and it's like 70s maybe low 80s in the summer so even though I've lived in Boston for many years I have never really adjusted to being hot all summer. I grew up outside of Washington DC which is a literal swamp. In the literal swamp everyone has central air and so then mm -hmm. I, when I moved up to Boston, there was no central air anymore. Mm -hmm. And I've been living here on and off since 2010. And so I feel like between how intense it is to move apartments in the middle of that, because everyone's leases are always up in the middle of the hottest part of the month, yes. of the hottest month. Yes. And my very privileged baseline expectation that there should be central air everywhere <laughs> I go. <laughs> I feel like I'm just constantly living in dread of being sticky. Taking out the summer wardrobe you know, spring is fine, but spring is eventually going to give way to the dreaded summer. I feel like spring is actually harder than summer because summer, you know, you 
throw on your the barest minimum amount of clothes that you can wear on your body and still be decent. Mm. But but spring, it's like it's still cold. It's like 55 degrees out and rainy today. Like, I'm still cold, but I don't want to dress like it's winter anymore. Right. I really struggle in spring. I think also because I'm not that drawn to, like, the spring colors. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I wear a lot of browns and rich dark greens dark greens and jewel tones and but in spring somehow i don't i suddenly don't want to wear forest green anymore but forest green is what's available to me spring is like it's just naturally like a cooler toned palette and i prefer warmer autumn colors just like you so i feel like you know i'm just always struggling to like make lilac work for me (laughs) um and and i always err i'm like okay well like, I'll try that sort of unsuccessfully for a period of time, and then I will just don the Canadian tuxedo for three months. I will wear nothing but denim on denim, because <laughs> light blue is so much springier than, than burnt orange. It is springier, and it is also some—it's also warm-toned. It's denim like, is the loophole. Denim, yeah, exactly. It, it suits everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is denim. why this dress is so good, because it's basically a denim color, although it's not denim. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited in terms of pulling more spring things out. I'm excited for more denim, per usual. But I'm also excited for my spring shoes. I've been wearing boots, which are my standard affair. Always wear boots. I always wear boots. <laughs> but I've, been, I've been neglecting some of my... I have some loafers that I really like that are like suede. Anything suede that was going to get sort of ruined by this, the rock salt for mm-hmm. all the snow yes. is starting to creep back out and like... I have these white canvas Chuck Taylors that I love that I, again, don't want to wear. I sort of have to baby them a little bit, especially in the wintertime because of the rock salt situation. And I don't really want them rained on too many times. You know, little pieces like that, like my, and I have a suede duster. I have a long suede duster uh, jacket that I keep forgetting I have. <laughs> is, it the, is it the dark brown one it's that the we dark brown one. from Savers? Yes, it is that one. Mm-hmm. And that's fun because it's like, it's like, what if Neo from The Matrix was a rodeo man. Yeah, it's very like it's very like future meets western. Yeah. Which which when you look at like what which I is wear. What you wear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like modern techno fabric and western belts. It's strangely more versatile than the long black duster. Like a black leather duster. Well, I do feel like a black leather duster has certain connotations. No. Like being from the Matrix, but without without the joys of also being a rodeo man the matrix sucks (laughs) who wants to be there it's weird how much because we're in this like early 2000s revival moment right now and you know the fashion ladies are wearing their big leather blazers but none of them are leather dusters they're all big leather blazers and people aren't wearing fedoras either interestingly (laughs) how strange (laughs) but kim kardashian has brought back the gas station glasses that have the big, like the milky, like oil slick eyes, and it's usually there's like a there's like a solitary uniband of like plastic that connects them. Oh like my God, you look I remember like people you, used to wear those on the back of their heads in college. Yeah, you can have big bug eyes. <laughs> That's come back, so I'm worried that the duster might be next. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think that the duster. I, I'm choosing <laughs> to believe that the leather duster will not return. Not that I didn't wear variety of dusters. I had a sort of a cream and camel pinstripe duster. I had a crushed velvet red duster that was double-breasted. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I always, I love the long coat. 
Um, I can't really, well, honestly, I can't really wear long coats anymore because they make my shoulders hurt so bad. Well, there's there's a fine line between long coat like Neo from The Matrix and uh-huh. long coat like you're a swashbuckling highwayman. That's what I was always yeah. going for. And swashbuckling highwayman, I mean, who doesn't? That's real. <laughs> I am a swashbuckling highwayman in my heart. I'm one of those girls who chopped off her hair and she went off to be a pirate, you know, because that's that's always what I hoped would happen to me. And it, somehow it's not. It hasn't happened to me. I am excited. This year is the year that I'm going to get into sunglasses mm. um, because every time I leave the house and it's sunny, I feel blinded and I wish that I'd worn sunglasses. So I guess... I've just reached a sunglasses period of my life. Um, I want them to be large. I want to look like a Hollywood starlet Mm. in the mid-century. I get weird pressure headaches in a lot of sunglasses. I also have a pair that I love, but it gives me a headache. So so I'm going to need a different pair. And it's hard with the Hollywood glam ones because they often have plastic frames. And if you get a metal framed one, you can at least sort of bend it out and it solves the problem. So that's why most of my sunglasses have wire frames because I can sort of twist to a Mm, point where mm -hmm. they're not so wide they're falling off, but they're almost falling off my head, let's be honest. And that way it doesn't put as much pressure on my temples. I have a pair of bright green ones that are very large Mm. and very like sort of like roundy and they have little like gems on the side and I love them very much. Unfortunately, I've I've actually had them since high school, which is not true for very many things in my life at this point. Um, So they've been folded up so many times that the tips of the of the frames have started to wear little uh, (laughs) little lines in the in like coating on the inside. Oh dear. (laughs) So they're definitely a little of the words for wear, but that's not going to stop me. I have a pair that I got in Estonia last summer that are, they're like if aviators didn't have a frame. They're very large and they're clear green and it's like one sheet of like green plastic for the lenses that's... Um, oh, that has a little like curve for the y- nose. Yeah, it has a little curve for the nose in it and I put them on and my friend was like, are you from the future? So that's how I knew that they were very on brand for me. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, you wear those with the leather fringed jacket yes. from your father. And then you'll look like a future rodeo man. Well, this is what I'm really excited about for the spring is like playing with contrast more because I think I have a lot of rodeo stuff and I have a lot of like future stuff. And it's it's been fun to play with contrasts. Not that future perfectly contrasts rodeo, but there's a little bit of like... Future rodeo. Well, because, like, we've been in this, like, vintage 70s moment, which with the fringe jackets and everything else, mm-hmm. and I think I think some of the ultra-modern stuff helps curb that from being, like, a, nostal- like a pure nostalgia trip. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested in creating new things between the, the hyper-future and the classic stuff that I like, which is more, like, 1970s core, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, double-breasted linen suits and, uh-huh. and pairing it with, like, super slick hardware minimal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. jewelry which is very of the moment right now it's not that <laughs> well, that's very cool yeah. that, that's gonna be exciting yeah it's actually a little tricky for me um with the spring coming up because starting in like early january late december i had a lot of um what felt like really like style revelations for me i made a new pinterest board i sort of felt like i'd really figured it out um but now the weather's changing. I'm starting to feel like the revelations I had in the winter don't necessarily carry over 
super easily to fewer layers season. So I'm really trying to figure out sort of what's my new like path forward. I think it's going to end up being limited basically by what I already have in my closet because I'm I'm sort of trying to curb my shopping a little bit um, and shop a little more intentionally, which is great when you have a plan, um, but it's a little bit harder when you're just winging it, trying to figure out what's mm. next for you. Because um, in the winter, I wore a lot of like straight leg jeans and a lot of cropped sweaters, and I'm trying to sort of marry what is practical and 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 pragmatic and comfortable with what is um, feminine and pretty. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to start wearing pearls, which I didn't do. <laughs> uh, more ribbons in my hair, which I've had some success with. More little scarves. Um, maybe bringing in a few of the old twee elements that I really loved. Maybe a few little more Peter Pan collars, that kind of thing. More florals. Um, so just trying to figure out how I bring that prettiness into spring and, and what, what are the practical demands of warm weather fashion that are different um, from my from the practical demands of winter fashion, which is pretty straightforward. You want your slip-on shoes and you want your warm jackets and you want to be warm all the time. Um, but so when it's no longer sweater season, what do I do? Right. <laughs> my style is defined by sweaters. Essentially, I have like 30 sweaters. It's insane. <laughs> sweaters are great. I mean, I, I also, them. yeah. What do I do when it's not sweater season anymore? I'm thinking of making a couple little sweater, like short sleeved cotton or linen cute. knit sweaters. Yes. That will fill the whole of the longer sleeved warm winter sweaters. That's wise. Yeah. I can see that. Like really. a little tease, but more interesting than a tee. Yeah. Like an elevated silk knit tee situation. Exactly. Something Cute. like that. Um, I'm still working on my spring sweater. I'm pretty sure by the time I finish my spring sweater, which is like a pink scoop neck number, it's going to be summer. <laughs> I mean, I'm still working on a winter cardigan uh, that is probably, I mean, hopefully it'll be done soon, but... I've been, be done next winter. I've been so slow with it. <laughs> Which is, you know, I haven't taken my time on a project like this in a while, so that's okay. Knitting is nice because you can just do it in the little moments. Yeah. When you have a little moment and you feel like knitting. But I think I'm realizing the importance of knitting perhaps for two seasons ahead of where you are instead of for the season that you're currently in. Yeah, planning for those little moments. I mean, exactly. And that's. I guess, sort of what we're trying to talk about here on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, maybe in closing, it would be nice to um, ask anyone, anyone who's deciding to listen, all, all two of you, you know, some of the things that we've been asking each other on this podcast, because I guess it's our hope that we're going to help you have more conversations about your clothes. Yeah. Or just spark think, some interest. Yeah. Spark some thought. Think about your favorite stuff to wear. So like, yeah. you know, what are you excited to wear this spring? Or uh, what colors do you wear the most? Is it easier for you to dress for spring or fall? That's true. And, you know, going back to the very beginning of this conversation, like how would you say that your parents have influenced what you wear? Uh, I love that question. I think it's so fun to think about how. Because <laughs> they definitely have. I mean, family sets the tone. I wear, like almost every day, I wear this, this boxy 
like army navy surplus bomber jacket that my dad bought for me when I was 12 years old. <laughs> it's funny because I have a leather bomber jacket that my dad bought me when yeah, I was 12 years old. We bought it big so I'd grow into it, but I stopped growing around to the age 13. So, <laughs> But yeah, have a little think about that and hopefully it sparks some interesting conversations or some interesting thoughts. Yeah, and um, have a good day. Hope it is a nice one. Yeah, that's all for us. Take care, everybody. Bye. See ya.